Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of That Podcast. My name is Ryan Janke, and as always, I'm joined by Sarah DeYoung and Pastor DJ Lura. And we have a guest today, but I have to set it up. There's a few... Is that what you meant by the setup? No. Oh, I blew it then. All right. <laughs> but that'll, that'll be fine. We'll work with that. So we have, we have uh, confirmands who fill out sermon notes. Mm-hmm. And one of them came in one day after someone preached here, Pastor Paul Cross, and the sermon note said, uh, how come, it said many other things, but the last line was, how come you don't make many special appearances on that podcast? Yeah. So I but, too saw the same message and so i think it, that uh, out of the mouths of babes come perfect praise yeah absolutely. back by popular demand <laughs> oh wait not that one go ahead the go reverend dr paul cross well thank you for the introduction it, and and i didn't i i did not want to say this student's name but i will say the name of someone else who uh is probably the unofficial president of the non-existent Reverend Dr. Paul Cross fan club. And that would be my cousin, Del. He, he always yeah. loves when Paul comes back. Well, God bless you, Del. We love you, man. I want, you know, <laughs> as much as, you know, we can do that, you being Missouri and me being, well, not, 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 not what I used to be, but I mean, I'm not, not Missouri. <laughs> I, yeah. Del, I, I love you. I want you to know that brother. I, I do. It, I, we can do that, you know, cause yeah, you know, we're, we're sort of agreement on sort of things. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. So welcome back to that podcast. Good. Sure. Happy to be here. Sure. Happy to be here. We love it. Since we knew you were coming, we, we baked a cake. No, we didn't bake a we, cake. We uh, picked out the hard questions. Picked yeah. out the hard question. Okay. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Is it okay to kiss on the first date? Yeah. Yes. The answer to that. Is <laughs> have, have you, have you answered that one on here yet? I don't know that I have, but I, I, I at, at, at risk of my uh, 30 some year marriage, I, I better not tell the story, but, uh, the answer is yes, uh, but that uh, it's okay to, whether it's wise to or not, is another issue, uh, but uh, whether it's not, well, maybe it's not okay. Maybe I should repent of that because there's probably some mother or father out there that's very upset with me right this second. Saying, How dare he say such a thing? Doesn't he know the influence he has in his office? Yada, yada, and so forth, so on, so on. So, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> you, 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 you called a sinner, not a choir boy. Okay. <laughs> I feel like we're going to need Paul on for the like Christian relationship questions right before Valentine's You know, for, Day. for, for many years, uh, I, my, my, uh, uh, my second congregation where I was the associate pastor, I was in fact, pastor lonely hearts. Uh, I had so much, I know as odd as that sounds, I had a, a steady stream of people, uh, both uh, male and, and, and female, coming into the, uh, uh, if I may be binary, uh, uh, coming into the uh, 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 office asking uh, uh, romance questions and why it hadn't happened this, that. So the answer is, as odd as that does sound, people coming to me for uh, advice in their relationships, it did happen for seven years. So, wow. Yeah. Well... That might need to be an episode. We yeah. we might we might need to start up a second podcast called That Podcast Love Line with <laughs> Pastor Paul Cross. Right, right. 
<laughs> right now, there's the the SMC is figuring out how she can undermine this. <laughs> she, she's got a new, new new joke here about the, but you know the, the red laser dot that I've said about the SMC. You know, she puts it on you. Yeah. But she says uh, all I've got to do is uh, uh, put the red laser dot on your face and then let my three cats do the rest. <laughs> <laughs> We don't have three cats, but no, yeah. Yeah. I, I wish I didn't have any. Yeah. So, well, we've got some questions. Should we get right into them? Yes. Or does anybody have anything, any, any, uh, what does your script say? I didn't make a script <laughs> because I wasn't going to take the heat this week. I had a script a couple of weeks ago. You did now. Tell I me did. about that. Well, I think it'd be better if, if Sarah told you about <laughs> Were that. Were you mocked? <laughs> no. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Needling is a love language. <laughs> Pastor Paul Cross taught me that. Yes, indeed. It, oh, well, I, I will say that that is true. I, I, there's ample evidence, plenty of witnesses uh, to that fact, so I mm-hmm. cannot deny that. So Ryan comes in, I mean, was this like two weeks ago now? Mm-hmm. First yep. one of the new year. And I think Ryan just decided that the shen- not even like shenanigans are canceled. We are Joe Rogan's podcast. We're getting number one on the charts. He was ready to go, and yeah. he was uh, like a New Year's resolution type yeah. thing. That that uh, uh, it's pl- everything is mapped out piece mm-hmm. by piece. It was brilliant. A lot of work went into that. Yeah, a it lot, was, a lot of work, and I took a beating. And for was, it. Yeah, and was mercilessly destroyed. <laughs> yes, indeed. That that well, you know, absolutely. So no, there's no script. <laughs> Just asking. I just want to know to be prepared. I did write down the questions, though, if that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Do we want to start with that that, that, that first one there, you know, uh, the, 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 about the one that just came in? The, oh, the, you want to do that one first? Sure, let's get that one taken. That care. one is fresh. That one just came within the last probably sure. 12, 14, 12, 13, 14 hours. Here. And it's actually quite simple, too. I mean, that, that, that's not a tough one. All right. This comes from, well, it it was presented by several people, Mm -hmm. but it came in from Elevate. Mm -hmm. Elevate is our, uh, not that kind of Elevate. That's raised the roof, I think. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, just, you know. Oh, no. It passed across, raising his hands. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Elevate is our uh, um, student ministry from uh, uh, after confirmation on to, what, first year of college? Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, so it comes in from Elevate, Mm -hmm. and the question is, why is Cephas used in Galatians 1.18? Because, that's that's actually quite simple. Uh, uh, Only in recent times has um, uh, things been confused by the the New International Version. Uh, The New International Version uh, has taken upon itself, in several cases, uh, to harmonize things, to make things a little bit more smoothly, and... uh, have translated the word Cephas uh, in the Greek in Galatians as Peter. Um, and uh, so uh, they've just assumed that this is the same person. Uh, Cephas is a Greek form of, of the rock. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm DJ, I'm, this is a shameless plug for mm-hmm. your Swedish joke. You mm-hmm. want, you want, you're itching to say it. Yeah, what, is it, what does Jesus say? He says, uh, 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 blessed are you, Simon, son of John, Simon, son of Jonah, uh, when when Jesus asked the disciples, who do you say that I am? And he says, you are the Christ. Well, that is proof positive that not all of the disciples were Jewish. And why is that, DJ? 
because two of them are Swedish. His name is Rocky Johnson, and his brother is Andy Johnson because they are the son of John Johnson. Mm-hmm. And Peter means Rocky. So it's Rocky Johnson. So this isn't Dwayne Johnson's, is, is, is he from this lineage? I don't know how old The Rock's dad actually was before he passed away. If he was, you know, a couple 2,000 years old, maybe. Mm-hmm. Find this out. Maybe a descendant of the Apostle Peter. Yeah. I, it, it, everything The Rock touches turns to gold, so, you know. I don't know. I've seen uh, I've seen clips of the Fast and the Furious, and I would be, I would disagree with you vehemently. <laughs> um, uh, I, I, I've, I you know I this is going to sound crazy, but as a car guy, I have never seen an entirety of any of that series of that franchise. I've uh, never even seen two minutes of any of. Oh gosh, you've been spared a lot. As I said, you talk about ignorance on parade when it comes to actual automotive technology. It's just amazing. It's painful. The Rock did not start in that series, but he saved that series. He comes on later. Here's the thing. <laughs> it's been saved. It's been saved. You put The Rock together with Kevin Hart, you have lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Everything they do together is brilliant. I I can't I can't argue that. <laughs> but Kevin Hart is not in back the back let's get back to Galatians. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised that you would stray from Galatians, DJ. This is, of course, like putting red meat hey, in front well, of a tiger. Hey, I was admonished before we started to, to zip my lip on this one and let the experts <laughs> talk. So. Well, DJ, I will say that is actually helpful because I always say the Bible would be easier if people used last names. Mm-hmm. There you go. So we can go in together on a Bible translation with last names. Excellent. Well, uh, it, it, let me just put it to you like this. The, the problem with the NIV is it has problem not with last names but with first names. Uh there is both the uh, Greek form Petros and Cephas in the Greek text of Galatians. And a case could very easily be made that Paul is referencing, in fact, two different individuals. Uh, and uh, that's the simplest way to look at this, that Paul is referencing two individuals, a person named Cephas and a person named Peter. Some people don't like that. Then people like to suggest that Peter and Cephas are one and the same. But uh, it certainly is possible that uh, they're, they're different people. Uh, you can certainly look at it that way. Well, there you go. Well, that's, I, I don't know. I think DJ's got something to say. Oh, about all right. Um, no, no, no. I'm okay, good. Well, good. I just want, just want you know, as I said, you know, just wanted to hear, make sure Katie Von Bora wasn't uh, uh, somehow. <laughs> now, there is an inside joke. I will hold my comments till later. <laughs> Next question, Ryan. All right, we're moving on. Yeah, that that one, that one's as I said, that one's. It is curious, as I said, why Paul, I mean, why Paul would use two different names for the same individual is. Somewhat curious. I mean, I, a, a case could be made that it, in fact, that the in, that in the two individuals being referenced in Galatians are in fact the same person. I'm I'm not saying that that's not the case, but uh, in my mind, the simplest answer is that they're two different people. It very well could be the same person. I'm not going to sit here and say to you, it's one, it's two people, and that's all there is to it. I've spoken. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to do that, as I said, but I mean, <laughs> no one's going to listen. Nobody's going to listen to that. I'm I, I'm a hopeless romantic. It's Peter. Okay, it's Peter. In Aramaic, Does somebody have a gavel. 
All those in favor say aye. All those opposed, same sign. It's one of those neat things about scripture that you don't need a definitive answer on something like this because the message is still the same. The the point being made is still the same. Um, and why couldn't there be more people named Cephas? Just like there's everybody in there was a bunch of bunch of Yeshuas. There was a bunch of uh, Johns at that time, even still to this day. Look at him chuckle. Okay, there's a <laughs> maybe that didn't come out right. <laughs> but you know, I mean, of course, there could be more than one. I mean, it, yeah. It, it, but it doesn't. N- nothing becomes, I don't know, heretical or sacrilegious by looking at it in either way. Okay. All right, trivia fans. Oh boy. All right, trivia fans. Are we going to ask people to submit their answer? Or are no, you going to give it today? What's the category I'll, I'll, of trivia? Tri- this is patronyms. Um, uh, what is the number one patronym in the New Testament from the Old Testament? Patronyms are, of course, uh, names uh, after uh, of the the patriarchs uh, and so forth, um, or anybody mentioned in the Old Testament. The number one name. The number one patron- in the New Testament. In the New Testament. I would think it would be John, but Judah. I feel like it's got to be Paul. You know, John, John is an interesting question, because, but John is not an Old Testament name. John is a is a Maccabean name. It's from the mm-hmm. Mac, Book of Maccabees. But that's but there are a lot of them. Yes, that's a good 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 guess, but not correct. And you said Judah. Judah. Uh, there are a couple of Judas in there. Jude, Judah, same thing. But there are a couple, but not number one. Hmm. Paul. Not Paul. Paul is a Greek name. Um, uh, Saul is a patronym, and there, at least, well, there's at least one Saul uh, uh, mentioned uh, who, who is, you know. But here's the crazy thing about, you know, why would you want to name your kid Saul, knowing what kind of rotten king he was? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they did anyway. But uh, he was of the tribe of Benjamin, and uh, Paul claimed lineage of the tribe of Benjamin too. So kind of, interesting. but but a good guess nevertheless. But Paul is is a Greek name. Uh, uh, no other guesses. Isn't is Methuselah. Zechariah. What's the one king that's mentioned like three times throughout the whole Bible? What? It's a really long one. It starts with an M. Starts with an M. Melchizedek. Yeah. Okay. No, No, it's not Melchizedek either. No, it's 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 Simon or Simeon, Mm. uh, which is kind of strange because. Simon, as one of the 12 tribes, kind of drops from the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't have a whole lot of street cred in the Old Testament, but uh, does definitely have plenty of street cred in the, in the, in the New and in the, and in the Maccabean period. Uh, there's, there's Simon's in, in, in that time. So I don't know why Simon was a real popular name, but it, it's Simon. So there's lots of them running wow. around. So there you go. What, what about Mary? Mary was a real popular name. Uh, in Mary the would Testament. be a matronym, though. Uh, so that, that would not fit the category. Okay. Uh, you, but yes, there are. Uh, a fair number of Marys. It, it for many years it is the number one uh, name. Uh, I mean, I, I named I, my mother's name was Mary, my sister's name was Mary, and of course my daughter's name was Mary. The only female in my life that's important to me who's not named Mary is the woman who I married. Uh, <laughs> uh, where's your badoom? <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, that's wrong. <laughs> oh. Didn't you get a label maker for that thing? <laughs> Whenever I take my glasses need, off, you, I can't see you anyway. Need, <laughs> you need a console. You need more than the, the little red box. He, he needs an actual console. Yes. Yes, absolutely. All right, Oof, enough nonsense. About All that. right. That was, that was no extra charge for that. Uh, that absolutely. <laughs> is that how we get the game Simon Says? Uh, you know, it could be. I don't know. As I said, it's, it's, it is curious, but Simon is a big one. 
mm-hmm. uh, in in the um, uh, they're all over Simon and Simeon. They're the same uh, mm-hmm. patronym, but uh, yeah, absolutely. So, I'm surprised that that. David isn't more in use. David is absolutely not. Neither is Abraham or Moses, yeah. which is nuts yeah. if you think about it, how popular they are in subsequent uh, generations. But it's not in the New Testament. There's nobody with those names. Wow. Hmm. Uh, uh, so, yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. Are we moving on? Sure, why not? It's a bold move. The next question <laughs> comes from Elijah S. Elijah S. How was it decided what went into the Bible and what was excluded? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, if you talk to Matt on the 10-Minute Bible Hour, I love the name of that podcast. Uh, I thought uh, you were going to say that Crossway decided. No, no, Crossway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, the, it was not uh, decided. It was discovered. Mm-hmm. Um, the question of what books appear in the Bible probably is the one that has the most traction among, I don't use the word just skeptics, but skeptics, questioners, seekers, people who are just plain curious, even, even people within the church. This is a big one that, that people wonder about. And interestingly enough, it, it's, it's, got a, it's got a good answer. It's just a little bit more complex than most people are willing to sit down with. So... Um, I'll try to be as um, concise about it as I possibly can, which is hard for me to do, to be concise. Uh, There are, uh, let's take the New Testament first. The Old Testament's a little bit easier to deal with in some respects, other respect, because we don't have the kind of... uh, additional literature, because really what, what's being discussed is, is that there, uh, a, after the um, apostolic period, after the, the time of the apostles, uh, there arises a, an immense amount of literature within the Christian sphere of influence. I'm going to call mm-hmm. it that. I'm not going to call it the church. I'm just going to talk about the Christian sphere of influence. Uh, and uh, people wonder, well, you know, how come the, there's a how come there's a Gospel of Peter out there, but how come it's not in the Bible? And so we'll start uh, uh, s- simplest first, and then kind of work our way out. Uh, there really are a, a couple of, of of ways to approach this question. The first is the historic approach. Basically, we have history about how the Bible came to be in the current form that it is. Uh, the next is the theological approach, which is a bit dicier. Uh, it has to do with uh, how well does the, the statements made in these books line up internally with themselves and also with others. Uh, then there's the ecclesial uh, uh, perspective, uh, and that's uh, one that doesn't in certain circles, is, is, is fine. People love it. They think it's great. In other circles, it's like it's just circular reasoning. Uh, so, and, and then there's this uh, newer uh, philosophy uh, uh, towards this. It's called the self-authenticating um, uh, perspective. So let me just take them a little bit of time. We'll do historical first. Uh, people want to know about Jesus, right, and, and the Gospels. Okay, so it's about Jesus first. Uh, the only 
of all the 17 or so Gospels or things that have the name Gospel applied to them that are currently known in terms of, yeah, here's a book, here's a book, here's a book. Uh, of those 17, only four of them are absolutely first century works. Only four of them. Uh, and they are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, simply by the, the basis of their antiquity and by the basis of being at least a reasonable, reasonable assumption of a firsthand account, these four Gospels fit the bill, okay? Now, is that, is that um, using modern ways of measuring? Like we can trace back that only these You've, four go? You, you, cer- you can certainly find people who think that these are second century creations, but they're not really well credited. Even, even people who don't necessarily endorse Christianity, but who study this, have to say these are clearly first century works. Yeah, I, what I meant is that as far as historians are concerned, this, is, this isn't a, a passed-on opinion. This is, no, no, this is modern the, scientific well, historians. Yeah, this is historical. This is no, nobody today, no matter what the field, I shouldn't say nobody, nobody's a big word, very few people are going to argue that uh, the um, that the four Gospels are not first century, and no one's going to do it with any kind of credibility. What about the other ten? That's kind of what I'm getting. I mean, at. The other thirteen, or the other thirteen, yeah. we're we're sure that, uh, well, that uh, they were written after the first century. The only one that even comes up for discussion is sometimes the Gospel of Thomas, but there's really not a lot of consensus on that. Some people cross their fingers and say, oh, I hope it is, I hope it is, I hope it is, but it's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, then the next criteria with, with regard to the Gospels is that it's an interesting one. Uh, how well does it fill out the arc of the Old Testament? Uh the assumption is that Christianity is a continuation of the covenant discussion of the Hebrew Bible. Uh, reading through the Hebrew Bible, particularly in the order that the Hebrew Bible is written in, you can see pretty clearly that, you know, uh, it, it, ends, <laughs> it ends with Second Chronicles chapter 36, and it's kind of a downer, man. I mean, it really is. It's sort of like Second yeah, Chronicles uh, 36, uh, 15 and 16 says, you know, God, the God of their fathers persistently sent his prophets because he loved them and he loved the place, but they kept, uh, they kept rebelling against him, killing his prophets, all that sort of stuff, until there was no remedy. The end. I mean, that's kind of a grim way to end the book, mm-hmm. don't you think? Yeah. That there's got to be something else. Uh, you look at, now, if you take a, a more uh, Christian perspective and, and ending at Malachi, uh, guess what? Uh, I mean, again, you've got this whole thing. Of, there's got to be something more. I mean, it, the book doesn't, can't end here. I, mean, I know that there are people who are going to disagree with that, but at the same time, I think I can make a pretty persuasive case that there's something more there. The other persuasive thing is, is that if you take a look at Matthew, Mark, and Luke, particularly as they uh, speak with the, the one voice that they do, and then take a look at the Gospel of John, which speaks with another voice, they pretty much say the same thing about the place of Jesus in relationship to that continuing arc of the story of the uh, uh, 
uh, where, where the covenant is being taken in the Old Testament. They, they pretty much say the same thing. These other Gospels, nah. They, they just, they're, they're not plugged into that same kind of arc. Uh, they'll, they'll take uh, a topic that might be pertinent to that particular day. Uh, you know, uh, some of them are infancy Gospels that'll say, you know, oh, oh, gosh, how come we don't have more about Jesus as a baby? I mean, you know, don't, doesn't everybody love babies? I mean, babies are wonderful, <laughs> you know? How come we can't see more about babies? Or, or how come we can't see more about miracles? I mean, miracles are cool. How come, you know, what if Jesus were a boy? What would a boy, a 12-year-old boy do making miracles, turning birds into stones and stuff like that, you know? <laughs> you know, I'm not so sure. But, uh, you know, they're more along those lines uh, that you see this. Uh, taking place. So uh, just from that particular perspective, uh, you have these that are kind of right there. Uh, the, the next is, um, uh, and this is kind of the one where our friends uh, in the Orthodox and Catholic churches would say, well, you know, you Protestants don't really care much about tradition, do you? But uh, if, you, if you wised up, uh, you'd say that church tradition has said that these are the books we've used from day one, and we should kind of go with that. That's, that's, is that a phaser on overload? Mm-hmm. It is. Oh, that's the, uh, I, I think that, uh, I think they're testing the fire system, the I think fire alarm Oh, system. okay. Well, I'm glad to hear that it's not a phaser on overload. <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, indeed. Sorry, all you Star Wars fans. You don't have phasers. <laughs> we get them. <laughs> uh, uh, but in any case, uh, um, uh, the idea of the, the certainly the church played a role in the Bible and, and putting in, in, in how the Bible comes together. There's no question that it played a role in that. Uh, but how did that work out? So that's kind of the first step, the first stage. You can take that stage and apply it uh, to the epistles as well. Uh, the epistles that appear, uh, you have uh, the Pauline epistles, uh, and you have the general epistles, and then you've got the Apocalypse, which it really is an epistle, uh, mm-hmm. that's a book of Revelation, and, and uh, apply them. And, and they also have the general sense that these are first century documents. The only exception there is Second Peter. Um, uh, for some reason, I, I don't happen to be among them, for some reason there are a fair number of, of uh, scholars, uh, both uh, within the church and without, that uh, feel that Second Peter is a, a, a second century document. I don't have to be that of, of that opinion, but the other ones pretty much are all there. Uh, so that's kind of the whole first century argument. Am I, mm-hmm. that, that, but that's that's just the start. Okay, that's that's just as I said. That's level one. I mean, we we level things up. Well, and so so two books that that I want to ask you about yep. and why they didn't make the cut ultimately is because they were second century documents, the Didache and the Shepherd of Hermes. That's correct. Now, in some earlier lists, now let's let's switch gears a little bit on that, but let's come back. That's a great question. Um, Let's kind of get to the the, the criteria that has been um, uh, laid out. Just to kind of let you know, uh, there there are only two books that are, are above the scripture. Well, not above the scriptures, but including the scriptures that I value uh, highly and think Christians should read. Uh, the first one is this one. Uh, they're both by F. F. Bruce. Uh, this this is an amazing book. It was first published in 1943 and has been continuously published since. That's an amazing thing to think about. I mean, that a book would have a continuous publishing run 
for that amount of time. Uh, that's, uh, what is it, 70? Almost 80 years. Yeah, almost yeah. 80 years. It'll be eight, It's uh, 78 years, yeah. That's, that's <clears throat> stunning to think about. Uh, you can still buy new copies of this. Uh, for those of you who are out there in, in podcast land, too bad. I'll, show up, I'll put it up to the camera. Uh, oh. <laughs> this thing's not video? <laughs> Hey, no, not yet. This thing's not video. Huh? Huh? Okay. Well, who wants to watch us sit around in masks? Yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> well, and then again, there would be having. I, I would. St- I would stop being backed by popular demand if I actually had a CB. So that, I'm telling you, yeah. Mandalorian helmet, stormtrooper <laughs> helmet. Yeah, that's it. Um, uh, but this is called the New Testament documents: colon Are they reliable? By F. F. Bruce. Which is really a big question to ask. You know, can I trust them? And he has a little chapter on here on the canon of Scripture and how books got into the New Testament. So this is a good little book that he's got. This is easy to read. It's 130-some pages tops. It's a small book. Uh, this is probably the best book that some— if anybody has a question about the New Testament, this is where I send them to first. Mm-hmm. This answers a ton of questions. It's a great little book. Uh, first published in 1943. Uh, Real quickly, is yes. that the book where he's quoted as saying that um, without a doubt, undeniably, the, the um, New Testament is the standard by which all other ancient documents are to be... He does indeed make comments like that. Yes, absolutely. This is, this is a great... This man's a historian, by the way. Yeah. He's a historian, and and uh, of some significance. Uh, he's not just some some you know, some yahoo. Uh, uh, he uh, uh, was at the University of Manchester in England. So guy, guy's a brilliant guy. So uh, he he's got a, he's got it going on. Uh, but for the bigger question, and I'm going to sort of try to get. Uh, uh, he's got this book. Uh, it's called the Canon of Scripture. I almost got an extra daughter out of this book. Someone <laughs> borrowed this book. Uh, <laughs> signing a document giving me the rights to their firstborn child. I remember this, and, and, and uh, he uh, is 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 the proper term crawfished. Yeah, or, he did. Yeah, yeah, he, he, absolutely. <laughs> I, there was there was some question about this, and he 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 thought this was great fun. He he thought he was not he thought I was not serious about this book. This is the hard copy version of the Canon of Scripture by F. F. Bruce. This is a little bit more in depth. I mean, if you're if you have a serious question about this, if this really is keeping you up at night, this is the book to go to. It also deals with the Old Testament. So I'm going to give you a synopsis of this because this is a bit bigger. Okay, I'm going to give you a couple of categories which he deals with with regard to the question that should really put the question to rest. Even though it's a very common question and it keeps coming up and up and up and up again, there's a great answer for it, but it's a bit, as I said, long and convoluted. I gave you the short answer. Now I'm going to give you a little bit long. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Any Absolutely. questions about the short answer first, though? Okay. Hearing none. Uh, <laughs> uh, Bruce talks about, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight categories or eight criteria for canonicity. That's a, there's a word for you. By the way, the word canon uh, with one end in the middle and one end on the end, uh, not, it's not a destructive device. It is a, a measuring device. It measures, canon is a reed that measures things to see if you know, they're, they fit. And uh, so that's the canon we're using just, again, one end in the middle, not two ends in the middle. Uh, uh, and it means simply that, uh, something, a standard. And so the, the standard of Scripture, the canon of Scripture, these are the things that are in. And we'll talk about canonical order. That's the order that the Bible, the books of the Bible appear in, in, the, in the, the, the text. They don't necessarily uh, equate to the 
time when they were written or the order that they were in, but nevertheless. Uh, I, actually, I know that you already closed old business, but I, I, do have, oh. <laughs> I do have a couple of questions, but maybe, sure, you'll, maybe you'll answer them. Well, we'll give them. Give them now. So have there been any books that have been considered since? Oh, uh, well, the, well, let's go back. Well, well, that's like a revised... Um, uh, a revised, well, <laughs> a revised Bible? Uh, well, let, let's go to that. There, there are a couple that, uh, that have come up. Uh, uh, First Clement is the one that uh, passes the likely authenticity test of first century. Uh, this is a book uh, that was written somewhere just before the close of the first century. By clearly an Orthodox Christian, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, there are a lot of uh, uh, references that are very similar to the book of Hebrews, uh, which, by the way, is one of the questionable books. People wonder about the book of Hebrews from, the, from time to time. Uh, the, the second uh, uh, two are, are often included and have been included of, of uh, lists are the DDK, which are the, or, or called the Teaching of the Twelve, mm-hmm. and the uh, Shepherd of Hermas. Uh, the Didache, you, know, you can get both copies of this now, and they're, they're wonderful instructional literature, but they don't necessarily fit these cr- next criteria here. Okay. See, some of the stuff fits under the category is, yeah, that's great stuff, uh, uh, but it's not doesn't rise to the level of Scripture. And some of it's just, no, that's not great stuff, and, and certainly has no business being in Scripture. What, what I hear... Um Based on what you said earlier, just to clarify a little bit, these books like Clement, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Hermas, fall into the category of Christian literature. You can, in reading them, you can tell, okay, this guy's a Christian. But yes. when you look at certain other documents that you mentioned earlier, they come out of an, a, what's called a Gnostic tradition. Correct. And you read them, and you're like, this is really weird. Like yep. it doesn't have that same. Um, what would you call it? The same feel, the same... It's not giving the same message Correct. even close. Yes. So, okay. Well that, that's the difference between these books that that the pastor is talking about as yeah. compared to the, the other Gospels that you mentioned earlier. They're not kind of, Christian. It's kind of like the book, uh, The Cost of Discipleship. Uh, you read Dietrich Bonhoeffer's The Cost of Discipleship. You, you get the strong sense that this person is clearly under the tent of the Trinity, mm-hmm. the, the, the Trinity of God, the incarnation of Jesus. You know, the, you know, he, he's, he's in, he's in, he's on the team. Mm-hmm. There's no question about that. When you, when you read a book like that, and not only is he on the team, but this is a book that basically inspires people and has inspired the generation since it's been written. But is it scripture? No, it contains a lot of scripture. Actually, it's a com- really it's a commentary on parts of the Book of Matthew is what it is, mm-hmm. and it's it's fascinating. But at the same time, you know, uh, that's that's kind of a deal. It's kind of like that. Yep, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So, as compared to reading uh, Matthew, the books. Well, I, I would say as compared to that that is compared to this literature as compared to like the Gnostic writings would be compared to the Book of Mormon and the books in there where you read it and as a Christian you're like, okay, it's talking about some of the same stuff, but it's not the same stuff. That's the same feel with the, the canonical Gospels compared to the other 13 there you go. that were mentioned. Okay. So where can you read those at? Or if, if, uh, I mean, is there a... You can go online. They, they're online. For okay. Oh, sure. You know, I, I remember <laughs> long ago and far away in another world and another life, 
uh, I remember sitting, sitting, standing in a, in a supermarket line, and there was one of those uh, tabloid magazines, and the headline was, Secret Books of the Bible the Pope Doesn't Want You to right. Know About. <laughs> was that in the Weekly World Click News? I, I, yeah, I, 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 I don't know which one it was, but, but I, I, did, I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, I, I assure you the Pope does know about them, and I assure you the Pope could care, really care less whether you read them. Maybe not. I, 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 Francis and I, Frank and I haven't talked in a while. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, Probably every you guys Pope for the last 1,800 years has known about them. Yeah, exactly. And said, eh. and they're not list. You and Francis, you're down like two flat tires? Exactly. We're down like two flat tires. There we go. Amen. <laughs> Uh, I don't know, but is that hinky doorman up there with that guy in the hat? <laughs> so where where you can read these, and I, and I get confused on this one myself. I know what the Apocrypha is. Mm-hmm. Would you put, like, the Nag Hammadi library, is that officially called, like, the Pseudepigrapha? Uh, well, not, okay, you, you, you whipped out one of my favorite words. Oh, good. Pseudepig- <laughs> Pseudepigrapha, the uh, writing of false pigs. Uh, no. <laughs> Well, I, I guess what I'm uh, at, <laughs> like, like, like Miss Piggy false pigs, or <laughs> I, I guess, I guess what I'm asking is, uh, is there a spot where you can you can yes. read these legitimate yes. ones and you don't get like a, a gospel of who it's knows not somebody's like secret weird manifesto You're that was a legit writing written in 1944. Yes, yes. okay, okay. There, there are several collections. Uh, one is called the New Testament Apocrypha, which is confusing because Apocrypha means something else. And again, mm-hmm. this this is where the eyes begin to cross, and this is where it gets really deep. But there are there are places that you could do this. Yes, there are uh, uh, that 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 are people have collected these works together, and uh, you certainly can. The internet, uh, you can find uh, uh, typically nineteenth century, uh, so the eighteen hundreds copies of in English. Uh, uh, you got to remember that when something's copyrighted, it doesn't necessarily get on the internet. So you, you have to make sure, be careful about that. But the stuff that goes out of copyright, uh, there was a great deal of interest in this in the, the 19th century. And so these things in early 20th century. So these things are certainly available. I mean, as I said, it's not like you can't find them. And uh, are they are they a part of like the Dead Sea Scrolls? No, 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 no. no. Okay, that's... Uh, that's getting a little far afield here. Dead Sea Scrolls are clearly uh, Jewish documents. Okay, we're talking about Christian documents right here. There are... <laughs> that's why I recommend this book, uh, The Canon of Scripture by F.F. F. Bruce, because he deals with a lot of these... Do we things. have to order in lunch here? We, we, we might have to, man, as I said. I, I, you know, and, I, and if we're ordering in lunch, uh, you know, I have... I have my own dietary descriptions. I mean, <laughs> hunker down. Yeah, uh, we got a long well, way I, to go. I, I guess what I'm saying is it's confusing, yeah. you yeah. know, to to yeah. especially if you get outside the this Bible. Is why, this is why this should be videotaped. I should have my whiteboard here. I could be drawing all these things out so people could see the columns and and the boxes and and the lines and everything that goes with it. But be that as what do I know? You know, I'm just I'm. One day they'll let Paul, me be. you're just a guest. Yeah, I'm just a guest. One day they'll actually let me be the senior pastor here. I don't know. <laughs> it might happen. It, it's possible. It, it could happen. Uh, all right. Just because I'm not sure that the question was answered, the, the, and it probably was, and I missed it. Yeah. The places to go to find these, like online, you'd want to search for what? Uh, here's the thing. You know, um, I'm not sure. I, I, 
there, yeah, you you would you would search for like New Testament apocryphal or apocryphal gospels and things like that. But I don't know that that's all that helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I once read a book uh, called Counterfeits at Your Door. And he talked about the idea of training people on how to spot a counterfeit. You don't go give them the counterfeit money. You give them real money, and you get the feel for the real money. And then when a counterfeit pops up, uh, you go there. Uh, uh, forget the guy's name. He was a big, talked about cults a lot. And he, uh, he uh, wrote several books on it. Uh, and he said, you know, studying the cults is one of the worst things that you could do. He says it's like swimming in a theological cesspool. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reality is, is that I would rather focus, point people's attention to why the books that we have are in fact authentic rather than say, geez, I wonder what it says over there. But sure, if you want to find out what it says over there, free country, go right to it, knock yourself out. It's not hard to find. Uh, but I, I just wouldn't recommend that uh, largely because, as I said, I, 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 it's been tried already. I mean, it's been done already. It's been, uh, and, and unless you have a, a, a truly esoteric interest in this sort of stuff, it's not like you're going to get a, a lightning bolt of revelation of anything <laughs> worthwhile there. Uh, I mean, you're just not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not like uh, the church is trying to hide something from you to keep you from uh, you know, f- f- believing a different way. It's it's just not worth going there, and uh, we have you know centuries of of situations that, that that back this up. If if there were ever a time when it's even more readily available, now is it because you don't have to go to the library to get this stuff. But it's not like somebody's decided to 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 ban this stuff. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe maybe there was a time, but you know, as I said, it's it's out there. Yeah, back in my curious days. Um, and I don't even have this book anymore. I don't know what happened to it, but I, I, I found in Barnes & Noble a book called, I think it was the Nag Hammadi Bible. Mm-hmm. And Nag Hammadi refers to the place, I'm probably saying it wrong. It's in Egypt. It's in Egypt where these the Gnostic Gospels, like the Gos- Infancy Gospel of Thomas, Gospel of Mary Magdalene, all that stuff, that's where it was found. I was like, ooh, you know, this is going to be neat. I opened up and read it, and it was like reading Moby Dick. <laughs> Have you ever read Moby Dick? And I'm sorry if there's any Moby Dick fans out there. That book had about 150 pages on whale uh, zoology from the 1800s. It was, oh, anyway. There's only one good line in the entire book of Moby Dick. And that was kind of my my feeling about. That's the first line. Yeah. Uh, Call me Ishmael. Uh, You can close the book at that point. The book's done. That's Um, a great line. (laughs) I remember it. But but that's that was at least my experience reading about re- trying to read the Nagamati Bible. I think I gave up after like maybe I was maybe like two hundred pages in because it's mm-hmm. it's it's a bunch of old writings and they're they're completely broken in in how they write. But also the cosmology is insane. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is the thinking of the Gnostics was not the same as the Christians, even though they claimed to be attributing what they the knowledge that they had. For, was from Jesus. <laughs> uh-uh. No, it it's just this weird kind of there's all these different gods and and the Old Testament gods a bad guy and the New Testament gods a good guy and it's just ugh. my point being is that I think that if you went and and looked up any of that stuff online or went and found the the book that I did at a Barnes and Noble or a library, you will become bored with it very quickly. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's just my two cents. Whoop. I have an apology to make. 
to, to, the, to the general uh, readership of this podcast. <laughs> and that is not getting this stuff quicker uh, because we, as I said, we've got a good example here of how, how quickly things can go uh, uh, into, the, uh, into the weeds. Mm-hmm. And that's what you do. You get to the weeds. Yeah. So let me get these eight categories, and then let's go into the weeds. All right. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Uh, the, first, the first category, and again, uh, I'm going to go back to my, my boy Matt on the 10-Minute Bible Hour. I like how he said it. Uh, they didn't decide this. They discovered it. Uh, I know that I, I like that nuance better that they, and this helps the discovery process. I think it's a better way to look at it. Uh, the first thing that they discovered was the Catholicity of them. And I mean by that is that these are the books that were universally used by Christian communities. These are the books that, uh, Christian communities throughout the world or the Mediterranean world at the time, we're using, and they discovered that, oh, you guys are using, we're using this, we're using this. You know, uh, there, uh, I, 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 I'd like to say in a previous podcast, but we never had that podcast, uh, I talked about the distinction between Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and, uh, you know, uh, why I think that uh, uh, each of them uh, were written the way they were written. Uh, uh, so, uh, but uh, we find that, the, that the, these are the things that were universally used. Uh, the next one was orthodoxy. Now, this might be a bit of a circular logic, but they discovered that they were right teaching, that the, the teaching within the books of the, that are in the canon, the 27 books in the New Testament that are in the canon, had an orthodoxy about them, a right teaching about them, that, again, fit the grid of the covenant previously, that this is the old covenant and now we have the new covenant, and they fit that, and it made sense, and it all, it all intricately, and they discovered that those particular books had that. Uh, the third category that Bruce talks about is the one we've already touched on, and that's the whole notion of antiquity. Are they truly uh, uh, old? Now, this would be a, another way of, well, I'll come back to this in a second, but, but do they really fit the period of that early church? Uh, and when Jesus was there, so the, 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 the Jesus movement, do they fit that, that category? Do they have that? And they discover that. Uh, then uh, uh, traditional use. Now, that's, that's a little bit different than Catholic use. Traditional uses, yes, as this community, let's say it's the community of believers in, say, Alexandria, uh, I almost said Alexandria, Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, friends in Alexandria, Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, the true know. canon is what they use in Alexandria, <laughs> Virginia. Exactly. No, I have no idea. You know, as I said, uh, I, I I don't think I've ever was in church in Alexandria. I've been to church in Fairfax and Vienna and Falls Church, but I don't think I've ever been to church in Alexandria. No. So, uh, <laughs> hey, all you Commonwealth fans out there. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, uh, no, is the idea that that Alexand- like Alexandria in Egypt or the community in. Uh, uh, Aleppo in Syria, or the community in Antioch, yeah. or the community in Ephesus, that they had been using them, and that fits that local uh, tradition, and so that that was the case there. Uh, then the idea of inspiration. Now this is this is where there's a guy by the name of uh, I think his name is I think his name is Drucker. I could be wrong about that. Uh, he's Kruger. No Kruger uh, is his name, and uh, he's a uh, professor of Reformed theology in the Carolinas somewhere. Uh, and he's written about this, and he's got this idea of talking about um, uh, that uh, these are things that obviously were 
works of the Spirit. They bear the mark of the Holy Spirit uh, at work. That could be kind of a circular argument uh, for some, but nevertheless. Um, uh, but this next one really is an important one. Are they dominical? Do they point to Jesus as Lord? Uh, I think that's a, a big one. Yeah. Uh, do they point to, to Jesus being the, the you know, uh, it goes back to what you were talking about, Sarah, the idea that that M guy, that M king, uh, the, I mean, the whole Melchizedek <laughs> thing. Yes, absolutely. You know, do they point to the, the lordship, the saviorhood, the kingship, the high priesthood of Jesus? Do they do that? Uh, and that's important uh, right there. Do they present Jesus in a, in a way? Then uh, are, are they uh, apostolic slash prophetic? Uh, the idea of apostolicity uh, is, uh, is important. Uh, do, do they have the apostolic feel? Now, um, uh, people will quickly say that, uh, of course, uh, you know, was Paul one of the apostles or not? Uh, and this kind of gets into the weeds a little bit, but I think you could argue safely that, that these all have a, a, an apostolic sense to them. And uh, last but not least, they are the books that were handed down to us, mm-hmm. that people who we respect, people who we trust in the church handed these things down to us. And it was more, again, not so much of a decision as it was a discovery. Now, that's the first phase. That's of the first couple decades, maybe 100 years or so, maybe 150 years. Then things start to happen. Then, then the wheels start falling off, uh, like in many cases, and people come up with really odd ideas. And so what happens then is, is that people start saying crazy things like, uh, well, you know, uh, we don't like anything Jewish, for crying out loud, and so we're going to punt the gospel of Matthew. Uh, and we're going to punt anything that sounds Jewish in any way, shape, or form. So we're just going to hang on to Paul's Gospels and uh, maybe parts of Luke, you know. And we're just going to say, that's our Bible, because all this other stuff sounds too Jewish for us. And so we're going to cut that out. And they said, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is a part of the continuity here. And so uh, the church comes back and says, no, this is the list. And you'll start to see lists uh, uh uh, 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 that come up from time to time, uh, as early as uh, 180 AD. Uh, so that's pretty early on. Now, people will come up with this. <laughs> I, wish, I wish the world would make up its mind on, on this one. Uh, now, do you want to be on the right side of history if history is a fiction written by the winners? Think about that for a second. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> do you want to be on the right? Because you're who? Do you want to be on the right side of history? Uh, and then you know, history is a fiction written by the by the winners. Well, well, which which do you want? I mean, make up your mind for crying out loud. Uh, let's be let's be real clear about one thing, and that is this: is that uh, uh, in 180 A.D. and all the way up until about maybe 325 or 330 A.D. The church was not the winners. Mm-mm. The church was an oppressed group. There was no uh, authority that the church had to act in, a, in an oppressive way, say, this is how it's going to be, and if you're going to be a part of our group, this is... That, that didn't exist. You know, maybe later on that happened. But when the canon of Scripture was being discovered, understood that this is what the message that God wanted his church to have, nothing like that existed. You know, the, 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 there wasn't this sense of, of the church as this ecclesial organization that's going to speak on high. 
No, it, it spoke in a very apostolic uh, sort of way. And uh, as threats came to the Orthodox teaching, the church says, no, these are the things that we believe. Now, to be sure, later on, they did come up with documents saying these are the books that are in. And this is where people sort of get the idea of the, it was decided. No. It, was, it had long been discovered. It had long been used all through the things, these eight things that I said, long before the idea that there's a church council that says, we declare that these are the books that, of, of the authentic Bible. Uh, yes, there are documents that say that, but they're very late. Uh, they are fourth century, uh, and uh, it was already done by then. Mm-hmm. I mean, as I said, it was already discovered. And again, the best word to use is discovered. I'm going to throw props to my 10-minute Bible <laughs> our man. Uh, well, I, I really like that because that, that does explain where the error comes in in the question itself. Because this, this does come up like every 30, 40 years, it seems. Or, you know, they find one little snippet uh, and they call it the, the Gospel of Judas and suddenly Jesus is married. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but it's like, that's all they It never got. happened to me. I knew that I was getting married. <laughs> I, I, was, I was quite aware of it. I was very cognizant of it. I just said, yes, dear, and we've gone to, you know, you don't say no to the SMC. You know, you, you or you, you read popular fiction. Like, remember when the Da Vinci Code was really popular? Mm-hmm. There was the, kind of this resurgence in all this. Oh, and, you think you had it bad. Oh, you think you had it bad. I was pastoring a church, the only Lutheran church <laughs> on the planet named St. Mary Magdalene Lutheran Church. I was pastoring that church at that time. You try that sometime. And people are like, oh, what about, what about the Da Vinci Code? What about the Da Vinci Code? Do you know how uh, influential the Da Vinci Code is on our popular culture? When you oh, yeah. first told me that that was the church that you sure. were at, I didn't think about the biblical Mary Magdalene. I thought about Dan Brown's <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Cage with long hair. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, that's funny. So, uh, Tom Hanks with long hair. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Close though. Um, was, yeah. They look the same in that, that one. Tr- tr- national treasure. That so I just I I I love the language that you're using because the error is thinking. Well, when did the church put this list together? Mm-hmm. And it's. The story is is much more more um, in detail and and complex than that. You can't just point to a date because it was discovered, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like um, um, when the church finally said, "Yeah, this is the list." It had been going on for a long time of of basically saying, "You know what? This is what everyone who's a Christian is reading anyway. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna put it on our." Website. I mean, that's basically what the church is. This is how we've been telling people about Jesus. Yeah. Really, that's the bottom line. This is how we've been telling people about Jesus. Uh, (coughs) First through the, you know, the Gospels and then through the Epistles. Right. Excellent. Okay. I like it. Okay. I'm sure there are more questions than answers. (laughs) Well, if anybody has any questions, they can submit them at thatpodcast.net. We can do follow up. Follow up would be fantastic. Yeah, because I would love to have uh, uh, hear, hear Pastor Cross's thoughts on on the uh, the first century writers that said this is this book and this is who we got it from. The, basically, the kids mm-hmm. that sat at the apostles' feet. Yeah, and how reliable are those to the overall story? I'd I'd love to hear more about that. You mean the Minnesotan? Yes, <laughs> the Minnesotan Polycarp. Yes, he caught many fish. Yes, Polycarp and, <laughs> and Papias. 
uh, even Clement, I think, uh, and like his letter. Clement is a letter to the Corinthian church too. I believe so. Yeah. Cool. Corinthian church had a rough rough time even after Paul. So. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Do we have anything else to? What what other do we have any more questions there? That that was uh, that was the list of questions that we had, um, and uh, yeah, I th- I think uh, I think we got it for today. That, that's sufficient. I yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. We could seriously do a whole series going on just one point rather than jumping around, because there's so many points that Paul lifted up. Mm-hmm. That we could spend an entire time talking on each one of them. Well, you know, mm-hmm. um, that we could do it like so, this. You know, because of the eight points I uh, talked to in my sermon about today, uh, my next sermon will be completely pointless. <laughs> Use them all up. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that I think that'll do it. <laughs> Paul, would you mind praying us out of here? Fantastic, Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. Uh, we pray that you would keep us steadfast in it. We pray that you would uh, stir up in us trust uh, like no other in the uh, reflection of your Son that we find in it. We find that to be truth, your word is truth. And so, Lord, uh, direct and guide us uh, according to that word that we hear uh, both read, proclaimed, and, uh, and lived out in the lives of your church and your people. For we ask it in Jesus' name. We're bold to say, Amen. 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 All right. Thank you for joining us today. Proud uh, to do it. What? Proud to do it. We appreciate it. Thank you for being here. Okay. And next week, we're hoping. Got fingers crossed. Uh, we we have that author we talked about a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it sounds like we're going to have him next week. So be on the lookout for that. In the meantime, we have uh, uh, services coming up at nine a.m. In 10.30 a.m., you can find them at atonementfargo.org, atonement.live, and on the YouTube by searching Atonement Fargo. So for Sarah DeYoung, Pastor DJ Lura, and Pastor Paul Cross, I'm Ryan Janke. Please join us next week for another riveting episode of that podcast. <laughs>